Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been reading from the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 1, and we've looked at several verses concerning Christ being crucified and or the cross. It is the cross and Christ on it that the devil wants to obscure in the mind and in the life of those that believe and those that don't believe. If he can obscure Christ to the unbeliever, he'll never see salvation. If he can obscure the cross in the life of a believer, then he will resort to other means and other ways of fulfilling his salvation other than by faith in Christ alone. If we look at some of the things that the cross has accomplished for us and that the cross does for us, then we begin to understand why it is so important to stay focused on it. If I use the word focus, then think of something that is out of focus. Whether it's a television set, whether it's a camera, uh, whether it's a video camera of some sort, everything is out of focus and you cannot see things clearly. But if things are obscured, that means that something is in the way and preventing us from seeing the full reality of what is on the other side of what we're looking through. So that is the enemy's job to want to obscure the cross from the life of the believer. It's through the cross of Christ that we have been delivered from this present evil age. It's through the cross of Christ that we are delivered from the law as far as righteousness is is concerned. There will always be the law of God, but not so far as fulfilling it to make us righteous. And then there is the deliverance from the ego, from the I, from the self. When he, the I, is crucified with Christ, then we are freed from wanting to do our own thing. And then the flesh. He has also made deliverance possible for us from the flesh because of the cross. Those that are Christ have crucified the flesh. And we'll see these pop up. He has also delivered us not only from this present evil age, but from this world, from the cosmos. The cosmos and everything in it are all the social orders of every possible conceivable imagination, whether they're economic, financial, whether they're political, social, uh, whether they're religious. These things are under the influence of Satan, the devil. But also the age, the present age that we live in, and the age that has been basically subjected to him as far as the unbelievers are concerned, that he has ruled over them, his age will also come to an end. And when it does, the great harvest will have taken place. Millions, if not billions of souls will be won to enter into the kingdom of God through that great harvest. And the angels will be the reapers on that day to be able to distinguish those that are and those that aren't true believers. And of course, once the age of the harvest is come, then the enemy's time is very short. And of course, he will have to relinquish 
his hold that he's had on this cosmos and on this age and the millennial reign of Christ will begin. Now, let's look at some of these verses that the the cross of Christ and being crucified with him has accomplished for us. Now, remember, the enemy wants to obscure the cross and he will use what we call as witchcraft or being bewitched, meaning that he is going to use a system of manipulation, a system of domination, and a system of basically wanting to control man by getting his eyes off of the cross and onto something and everything else but the cross. So the devil wants to manipulate our lives. He wants to intimidate us and he wants to dominate us. And in all of these things, he will use this so-called word witchcraft. And of it, it involves these three things that I have just mentioned so that we will be led astray from the cross of Christ. Now, we may still be religious, but once you get the cross, which is the pivotal point, From the kingdom of light to the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Which is the pivotal point between that which is truth and that which is lie. It's the pivotal point of everything that is life versus everything that is death. If you take the cross out, you leave nothing left for the redemption of man. Except an empty vessel of religiosity having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. In 1 Corinthians, well, let me read uh, uh, Galatians 3.1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth? Disobedience is the opposite of obeying. Disobedience involves rebellion. Rebellion is called witchcraft. It is the twin of, of rebellion. Now, it says, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. So it's the crucifixion of Jesus that is the pivotal point in human history for the Adamic race that Jesus, as the second man, comes and is lifted up from that point of death, the the grave from hell itself, and is raised up as a quickened individual, a quickening spirit. And the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ has sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, but not with wisdom of man's words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. To make it of no effect means it, it has some effect when it's done correctly. If we just preach it in man's wisdom and man's words and not the power of the Holy Spirit, then the, Christ, then the cross of Christ does become of non-effect. That, that, that means like taking something that has expired and it no longer has the effect that it should. If you drink a soda that has been there for way too long and it's expired before its due point, all that carbon... Uh, uh, carbonation that is in it uh, fizzles out and it no longer has the effect that it's supposed to. 
It's the same thing for a lot of medicines and a lot of drugs that are, are put out there. They have an expiration date because after that point, they become non-effective. Well, in this case, it's not so much as time-wise as it is, and it involves the obscuring of the cross, taking the cross out of the picture. If you take the cross out of the picture, then you can have a religion that doesn't demand a sacrifice, that doesn't demand the shedding of blood, that doesn't demand the laying down of your life or our lives or he having to lay down his life. As some religions believe that he, he was not crucified, but he was rescued at the very last minute and was taken up. And so many other things. But that was the only means and that was the only way for the price to be paid. So the preaching of the cross involves the greatest price ever paid. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the preaching of the cross... The preaching, the proclaiming, the testifying of the cross, the declaring of what it has done in us and through us and to us is very effectual. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. When we believe what Jesus did on that cross, then it has the power to deliver us from sin and bring forgiveness into our lives. When we believe what the cross has done for us as far as healing for our physical bodies, it provides healing because he hung on a tree and by his stripes we were healed. According to 1 Peter, the scripture says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. It's nonsense. It's crazy. It has no validity. There's absolutely nothing sane nor sound about it. But unto us which have been saved, we have recognized it as a delivering power. The power to set us free, as I had made mention earlier, to set us free from this present and evil age that we live in and the evil one himself to set us free from the law as far as it condemned us concerning not being righteous before God and it delivers us from our very own selves if anything we set ourselves up on a pedestal and make ourselves a God we want to be independent of God not dependent upon God but independent of him therefore we are literally saying we don't need Christ, we don't need his sacrifice, we don't need his blood, we don't need the cross. We can manage on our own. And that's what humanism teaches. Man arises to the level of God where he doesn't need God because he himself thinks that he can accomplish and do what only the creator himself, God, can do. And then, of course, we are delivered by the cross, by the preaching of the gospel. We are also delivered from this flesh. We apply the cross to it so that the flesh dies. Because one day we will be given a new body, which will no longer be like this body that gets tired, gets sick, that desires to sin. But it will be a glorified body, just like the one that our Lord and Master possesses. And then we also learn that 
the cross delivers us from this world and everything. In other words, we're countercurrent. Everything is flowing against us and we're flowing upstream against that current. That is the working of the cross in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 1.23, it says, But we preach Christ crucified. See, not just crucified, but buried and resurrected. There had to be a crucifixion for there to be a resurrection. There had to be a burial before there could be a resurrection. There had to be a death before there could be a resurrection. We preach Christ crucified unto the Jews. That's a stumbling block. And unto the Greeks, it's foolishness. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, For I have determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It is there where Paul found the revelation that he is crucified with Christ and he no longer lives, but the life that he lives, he lives it through the faith of the Son of God that loved him and died for him. The same thing for us. We must determine to not know anything through experience except Jesus Christ and Him crucified for us. And what the work of the crucifixion of Christ has accomplished for us, what it did, what it is doing right now actively in our lives, and what it will continue to do. It has delivered us. It is delivering us. And it will continue to deliver us. That is the work of the cross. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 4, For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. And then, of course, the verse that I was saying earlier in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. We must recognize ourselves that when he was crucified on on that cross, our old man of sin was crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. Yes, I have a life that I live. And I live it through this flesh. But that life that I now live, it's Christ living in me. And that life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Those that are Christ, Galatians 5.24, those that are Christ, they have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust thereof. Consider the work of the cross for you, past, present, and future. It never has lost its effectual power to do something effective in us. Do not let it be obscured in your mind, your thinking, and before your eyes. The Lord richly bless you. Join us tomorrow. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer and redemption draw near. The Lord bless you. Amen.